Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the James Red Podcast. I hope you're doing well today. I hope you're feeling creatively inspired. I'm going to take a sip of my green tea now. Mmm, caffeine and swamp water. And I hope that this podcast episode adds to your creative inspiration flame to the point that your entire office burns down. I want to talk about my trip to, or I should say my stop in New Orleans, because this stop in New Orleans was part of a greater trip where I came from Utah, where I used to live, came down south, stopped in notably Phoenix, Houston, and New Orleans, and now I'm in South Carolina hanging out with my family, and uh, we're not going to, this is not where we're going to be living. We have plans, but I suppose that's another conversation for another day. I stopped in uh, Phoenix, and in Phoenix, I did not, well, I should say I do not have a photo walk to share with you guys, and the reason why is because I lost half of my footage from Phoenix. While I was in Phoenix, though, I, I came across a Trump protest, and so there's some interesting stories from that, and I think I should make a podcast episode, maybe even a video about it at some point. So that that is in the plans, but for now, like I said, we're going to talk about New Orleans. Now, in New Orleans, well, okay, let's let's think of where we're going to start here. I want to give a timeline of my experience in New Orleans all the way through. And, you know, I'll skip all the details like going out to eat and things of that sort, but, you know, the relevant relevant details. I want to talk about my first impressions of New Orleans, and I'll start there. So, New Orleans is a place that is, I don't know, 57 feet below sea level or something, something of that sort. I'm, you know, you should probably Google that. That's probably not the right number. But, you know, they have walls around it to keep the water from coming in. And who knows how long New Orleans will actually be a city <laughs> before they can't build walls high enough to keep the water out. Driving into New Orleans, you go across a, a long bridge that is over water to get there and... I think most of the ways you come into New Orleans, you, you probably tend to be coming across water at some point. There's a lot of water around the area, lots of bayous. Very interesting place. The city itself, I would describe, if, if I had to put a color to New Orleans, I would describe it as brown. It's a very brown city. I don't mean to offend, but it's just a very brown city. And if you get outside the main city center of New Orleans you'll find a lot of houses that are very old and they look like kind of like what you would see if you were driving around or maybe you've seen pictures of this if you're not from America. I, I know plenty of you guys are not from the United States. Um, if, you're, if you're driving around southeastern America, you'll come across these very old churches that they're white and they're made of wood and the paint's chipping on it, a couple hundred years old. And the way you know an old church from a new church is the new church is made of brick. The old church is made of this this wood. And many of the houses there, I mean, probably a majority of the houses there, are made of this old, are made to have this old wood appearance. And, I mean, it probably looked like new wood at some point, but now it's old wood. And we were staying in one spot while we were there in an Airbnb. And across the street, you know, this neighborhood is... It's packed full of houses that look like this, but they're all kind of a little bit different. It's not like a copy and paste environment like you see in a lot of suburban areas. All sorts of different houses. And across from us, there was 
one of these old churches, which I'm pretty sure was a house. <laughs> it's like two stories tall. I think it had stained glass windows. Very interesting place in that regard. Uh, the the road layout is kind of insane. It felt insane. I, I don't know. I haven't studied it, but it felt kind of insane. Me and Christina joke that they would build, and they probably built an intersection, and then something went wrong with the traffic flow at that intersection, so they just built a spaghetti of bridges over the intersection. <laughs> so that was fun. And then uh, if you move into downtown, where, of course, I went on my photo walk, you start to see uh, a mix of new buildings and old buildings. And you see this in a lot of cities. And I prefer cities that are this way. It gives the cities a lot more character for photo walks. Now, on my photo walk, I spent most of my time in the French Quarter. And the French Quarter is on, if you're pointing towards... Okay, I'm just... This this won't make sense. Okay, it's on the left side of the city. (laughs) So (laughs) it's on the left side. Uh, Hopefully you're coming from the same direction I am. And French Quarter is where Mardi Gras happens. Uh, If you see any... If you see any video of New Orleans, it probably has something to do with the French Quarter. Very famous place. And I say I spent most of my time there. And I ventured out of the French Quarter for like five minutes and almost immediately got into a fight with somebody, which I'll get into. So that was um that that was that was a thing that caused me to think that if you're ever in the if you're ever in the part of the city where the French reside, don't leave that part. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But uh, I want to talk about gear. Let me let me talk about gear very quickly so that I can satisfy those of you who focus on gear. Uh, I mean, I focus on gear too, but I think I focus on gear a lot less than a lot of people focus on gear. Gear's fun, but you know, the thing with gear is that you will, if you focus too much on it, You'll focus less on creating photos that are meaningful, um, developing your photos themselves. You just get you get zeroed in on gear acquisition. You get that gear acquisition syndrome, as as we call it, and that can distract you from more meaningful things. Um, unless all you want to do is acquire gear, maybe that's you know maybe that's the the part of the hobby of photography that you really enjoy. Totally fine. But you have to understand what you're doing. You're saying no to something when you're saying yes to something else. Anyway, gear is important. And I used a Sony a7 Mark III. And I'm pretty sure the entire time I used a 50mm 1.8, if I remember correctly. And I shot at about 2.8 for the most part. Uh, maybe a little bit f4. I went to 1.8 uh, for one shot, I believe. One or two. But I spend a lot of time at 2.8, and 2.8 is a good place to hang out for my style because if I'm doing a portrait, it's a good way to push out the background a little bit. Sometimes I want more of the background. I'll push it, I'll push it you know, to F2, F4, pull it. push. Which way is push and pull? Anyway, F4. Uh, but I enjoy shooting at F2.8 because you get, you get a nice amount of, um, or you get a shallow depth of field, but... You're not going all the way to 1.8 where you run into that situation where you're only getting the tip of the nose in focus when you really want the eye, right? So you have some more wiggle room. Although there's nothing wrong with shooting at 1.8 on the street as well. Um, 
this worked out well in New Orleans, I think. I, I think it was a good choice all the way around. Everything I had, 50 millimeters, very versatile focal length. Although, I missed my 24 to 70 terribly. You guys may remember that I dropped it in New York City. That lens is that lens was so versatile for street photography. You could go wide if you needed to. You can push in if you needed to. But obviously, uh, and every street photographer, well, every street photographer will tell you this: that it's a good idea to take one focal length and master that focal length. So there are benefits whichever way you go. And I think it's important to not talk about things in terms of uh, right and wrong, but cause and effect. So I was in the French Quarter. And I noticed friendly and unique people. New Orleans is full of this. People who will wave at you if you let them cross the street, right? Uh, people who will, when you say, hey, they'll say, hello. <laughs> you don't get this everywhere. <laughs> a lot of times you'll say, hello. And if you're lucky, if, if that person's having a good day, you'll get, uh. So I really enjoyed how friendly the city was. And there was a... There was a remarkable, there were remarkable extremes where you would have these very friendly people and then you have these very odd people and then intimidating people. And to me, that's the mark of a city with character, right? Uh, you get this in New York City, but it's obviously a different mix than what you would get in New Orleans. These southern cities, I found, have a very interesting mix and they tend to lean very friendly. So I, I, that allowed me to get into some very interesting conversations with people and have some interesting interactions with people. It was rather busy New Orleans with people. Uh, they had a marketplace. The marketplace itself was closed because of COVID, I would imagine, but the marketplace area was open. There were still a lot of people having lunch, and you could go, you could go step out of the French Quarter, go to the edge of the Mississippi River, and have this big open area and people jogging and lots, lots of fun opportunities to play with. But let me talk about some of my remarkable experiences, shall I? I came across a guy wearing a mask, and it looked like if you had the Phantom of the Opera mask, but you added the other half, you know, like a drama mask, if you will. And he walked up to me and he started speaking to me in a in an evil voice and I think he was trying to see what he could what response he could get from me I think he probably enjoyed getting that response out of people it wasn't as if he was trying to terrify me it was more like he was acting out a role on the street as if he was in some sort of horror theater experience and he was but he decided to take it into the real world and see how people would respond to it he would be a good candidate candidate for a musician, uh, musician, a magician, if you will. So, um, obviously, this was a bit of an odd experience, and I, I, but I, I went along with it. I'm used to these types of experiences being a street photographer, and we ended up having a conversation after that. He's one of those people that will stand entirely too close to you. His comfort zone is about six inches from your face. Uh, I'm, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic but it, that's what it felt like he was very close to me and I would back up and then he would slowly make his way back into his comfort zone again so that was something that those people bother me especially with COVID so I had an interaction with him I ran into a guy who I believe he was a, a veteran and he may have been homeless but we had a lovely conversation a very friendly guy and he had be uh, <laughs> beautiful eyes 
he's a man. Handsome eyes. He had very handsome eyes. They were either a really light blue or light green. I forget. I think they were blue. And then he had this contrasting warm colored birthmark on his eye, on one of his eyes. And so I took his photo after I had had a nice conversation with him. And I, that's a great way to butter people up for a photo is to talk with them for a little bit. Don't try to rush into it always because you will, you will get a yes a lot easier with a person who feels like they built some trust with you and some conversational momentum. I'll talk more about conversational momentum in a minute if I remember in regards to the aggressive encounter that I came across. So there's just a really warm uh, interaction. Another warm interaction I had was with a guy who was in a wheelchair. Uh, I believe he was homeless and he had one leg. I asked him if I could take his photo and he was like, yeah. Uh, and he, he had a beard, older guy, you know, lots of, lots of hair on his head made for an interesting looking character. And he was a very warm character. He was very quiet, but I enjoyed having that, that quick interaction with him. He let me take his photo. I got a shot of him silhouetted, which worked out quite well, especially with the hair, you know, the hair on top of his head. And then I got a shot. I went around him, got a shot pointing well, with the sun on him. And he did a little gesture, put his hands up, smiled, that sort of thing. And I, I let people do that. Um, a lot of times I'm not particularly after that. I'm after something more natural than a pose many times, but I let them do that for one, because you can get authentic expressions from people. And for him, it worked out because here's this guy in a wheelchair with one leg, uh, alone on a sidewalk, but he's willing to give me a smile and throw his hands up. So a lot of times these, these authentic expressions from them or authentic poses, if that's what we want to call them can make for a good photo. I let it happen anyway. And if I want to steer them towards something else, I'll steer them towards something else after that fact. The goal is to keep the energy of the conversation flowing in the right direction towards whatever goal you're trying to achieve with them. So then I, uh, then I, I ran into another guy who was quite friendly. He was a salesman and this really had nothing to do with photography. I didn't take his photo, but he was a salesman. He was offering some skin cream and he was a good salesman because before I knew it, I had, I had wandered into a salon with him and he was giving me a sample of skin cream below my eye. I'm normally really good at avoiding these types of things. I don't get myself into a lot of sale salesy situations because I, I, I do see right through it. Uh, you know, no big deal, but I went to salesman spotting college and I'm making no money from that degree. So he was nice. And if somebody is nice and they're a good salesman, then I, I'll, I'll go along with their program and I'll make sure they know that I, I'm not going to buy something from them. And I did, I told him, I'm like, as we're sitting down to do it, I'm like, listen, I'm not buying anything from you today, but he, but he, I figured I'd go through the experience with him. I thought it would be fun. So he put this stuff under my eye and it made my wrinkles go away. Uh, it was impressive. I don't know what was in it. My eye felt kind of numb after that. So that might be bad. But anyway, that was a nice experience. Very friendly guy. Almost immediately after that, I came across a couple. Well, okay. First, I came across a man running at full speed. I heard some yelling and this man is running. And you'll see, you'll see a lot of this on the photo walk, most of this on the photo walk video. 
This guy's running. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. There's a bit of a pursuit happening, I realize, because his wife or girlfriend, lover, is running after him. She's screaming things along the lines of, uh, why won't you be a good husband? I need you. Why won't you love me? And the speed with which he was running was remarkable. Or, or I should say the vigor with which he was. He was really trying to get away from this person. He kept saying, I just need five minutes. So they stop with each other and they're having this big yelling match. And I walk over there. I have my camera on me and recording as always. And whenever these things happen, I'll move in close with the camera just in case something does occur, you know, some sort of physical interaction does occur. Me being there with the camera can be helpful for, for any number of, you know, outcomes. So I want to, I want to get in close and also, you know, obviously I have the curiosity and it can make for a good photo perhaps. So they screamed at each other for a very long period of time. Everybody's sitting around as if this is a normal occurrence. And then the guy finally breaks off And then I come across a police officer, and then the police officer said, yeah, they do this all the time. They need help. Uh, This happens. This happens way too much between these two. And that was, that was really interesting. (laughs) I've never seen, I've never seen a couple in full sprint, having a conversation while in full sprint. That, that was exciting to me. So then if we move on from that, I thought that was probably going to be the, the most insane experience of the whole thing. Uh, then it got weirder. Then I came across somebody who started shining my shoes without my permission. He w- walked up. <laughs> he, w- <laughs> he walked up. I was live streaming at this point, by the way. I, I did a little live stream from, from because the photo walk was had so much positive energy. I was like, let me, let me do a little live stream, talk about all the crazy stuff that's been happening. This is right after the couple. So I'm on the... I'm on the edge of the Mississippi River, a little walkway where people can jog. And there's a guy who comes up to me and starts going into the sales pitch. And he starts, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he ends up making a joke. And while he's making the joke, he makes the joke, I start laughing at it. And as I'm laughing at it, as he's finishing the joke, he's bending down and beginning to polish my shoes. He's putting some, some liquid on my shoes and rubbing it around with his hands. And in the middle, I go, just so you know, I'm not giving you any money. I don't have anything for you. And the second I did that, the shoe shine stopped. My, my service was over. I had ran out of, of tokens, if you will. He stopped, left the stuff on my shoes, said nothing in this world is free, and walked off. And so, and so I'm standing there amazed because I have this stuff on my shoes. I say, is this going to like, is this going to dry? Is this going to come off? <laughs> Help me understand what's on. Because I realized I just let a random person put some liquid on my shoes and rub it around. I don't know what that is and where it's from. I can only hope it's for shoe shining. But the guy just walked off and left it there in a little glob on my shoes. So that made me very angry. I was, I was not a happy camper about that. Uh, so be vigilant for things like that. But now let's move into the the altercation, the flagship altercation of this podcast. And that was a fellow who can't, how far in are we? Okay, 19 minutes. We're moving along. So I came across a fellow. I, was, I had just made my way out of the French Quarter for for one moment. I just left, hit an avenue. It's like a big boulevard with palm trees going down it. 
uh, and I'm walking and I, and I'm looking at my surroundings and I'm feeling a little uneasy. And then I come across this guy who starts talking to me and I, uh, he asked me what I was up to, asked me about me doing photography. And I said, I'm a street photographer. And he said, Oh, you're a street photographer. And he seemed rather interested in what I was up to. And, um, let me, let me very quickly say that there is a whole video breakdown of this on my channel, on my main channel. Um, and you, you may have come to this podcast from one of my recent videos. So you probably know about my main channel. You most likely came to this podcast from recent videos. Cause I'm not sure where else you guys would be coming from, but, uh, I made a video about this interaction, showed the interaction, broke it down, but I'm going to talk about it in a bit more of a freeform, leisurely type of experience. Be quiet, calendar notifications. You guys should see my setup. It's amazing. So if you're watching the video version on James Red Extended Channel, you, you, don't, you don't see exactly what's going on. There is a ta- There are three tables involved in my setup. Two of them are end tables that are just squares. They're just square-shaped end tables of different looks and feels. One of them has my laptop on it. The other one has all of my audio equipment on top of it. And then to the left is my green tea, which I'm going to take a sip of, on a little little end table that would sit beside like a couch. This is a very makeshift environment. You guys may see behind me here on the video that I have a camera to to this direction. I Which way would you guys be? That would be on the right, to the right. There's a camera on a tripod. And the reason why is because that space was very empty and if the whole thing felt, the whole frame felt kind of sideways uh, and asymmetrical. So I was like, I got to put something there. So what do you do? It's, a, it's, you know, we're doing photography here. Let's put a camera on a tripod. So <laughs> problem solving, creative problem solving. Um, so I, uh, where was I at? So we're talking about the fellow that I ran into that lost his marbles. I think that's a great way to explain what happened here. So he's telling me, He's telling he he's giving me the impression I should say that he is interested in what I'm up to, and then he says I don't want to I don't want to be on camera, which gave me the impression that he just didn't want to be on my video. But that wasn't a clear indication that he wouldn't be okay with me taking a photo of him if if I were to ask, right? So uh, I believe I asked him at that point. And then he said, I didn't want to be on camera, but it felt like it was a bit of a, an aside. It didn't feel like he was answering that question directly, right? What I normally expect is, can I take your photo? And they go, oh, no, thank you. Uh, he just said, oh, okay, well, I don't want to be on camera. And then immediately ran around behind my GoPro, but behind me so that he would get off of my GoPro, which was fine with me because I knew that he was already on camera to begin with. Uh, and also that the GoPro is a very wide camera. So it'd be very easy to get him back on camera if I needed to. So he goes around I'm, I'm looking over my left shoulder the entire time that I'm talking with him. It was a very odd experience, but nothing that would indicate that he would become aggressive. And I think this is important to take note of because as I was, as I was interacting with him, I, I, I don't think I had any indication that this could become what it became. 
I think we should always be paying attention to those signals. We should be vigilant and keeping our eyes open for if somebody, you know, kind of like a, kind of like a dog, you'll see if a dog is about to get aggressive, they'll show you signs that they're about to do that. Humans no different, right? I'm not trying to compare this guy to a dog, but, um, but humans do the same things when they're about to become aggressive or different things, but in the same way, I should say. So I'm watching this guy and he doesn't, he seems odd. He's making me feel a bit uneasy trying to get behind me. He's very close to me hiding from my camera, but he didn't seem like he was going to do anything, you know, physical or yell at me. So I tell him, he tells me a story about how he's a rapper. He was on TV. He wants to help children. And then I tell him, I don't have anything for you. And as soon as I, as soon as I said that, and I don't, I don't always recognize this in the moment, but it's so nice that I can go back afterwards and watch the interaction back. That's one of the greatest things about filming uh, my entire photo walks. I can go back and go, okay, what happened there? So he, as soon as I said that, one switch flipped. There are going to be two switches that flip here. One switch flipped, and that switch was, this guy doesn't have anything for me. I'm going into a bit of a... Uh, I don't want to call it a screw you mode. That might be it, but that might not be right. He flipped into another mode. He jumped in front of the camera, said some some silly things, and then walked off. Now, this is where the pivotal moment occurs for both me and him. I'm going to I'm going to share some comments in a second, and these comments will um help you understand what I mean by pivotal moment for both me and him. But first I'll go through the rest of the interaction. So he says, or I'm sorry, I say, haha, I laughed at him. Can I take your photo? But, but, or, but can I take, can I take your photo though? Um, in a friendly way, I was laughing with him. I thought we were having a good time. The second I said that his second switch flipped and this is when his marble bag ruptured. He lost all of his marbles and he runs up to me and becomes very aggressive and says, no, you can't take my photo. Uh, don't play with me. And he's very close to me. So I, so at this point, the conversation switches for me into we're no longer we're no longer having a conversation. I need you to move away from me, back up. We're we're done. We're done here. Um, if he were to miraculously snap out of that and go, listen, I'm sorry, just feeling a little weird today. You know, had a rough morning. Went to the bank and the customer service was bad. And he was like, I'm sorry. I would have been happy to have a, a continued conversation with him. <clears throat> I have no no issues with that. There's no level of animosity from me towards this guy. I was just problem solving with him. Uh, and, I, and I love this guy. I care about this guy. I, I want what's best for him. I want him to get help after all that happened. This is, I'm not the first person he's probably done this to, right? He probably has a lot of trouble with relationships he probably has a lot of issues that he needs to work out. And this is this is his issue. It's not my issue. And I don't think it's useful for me to just say he's a moron or, uh, or, or be angry with him. So I'm just trying to get out of the, the interaction at this point because we're no longer having a conversation as far as I'm concerned. And I back up. He, he says some things, flicks me off. And I stand there for a second. And then he comes back over to me. So then I start moving away. I start moving down the street. 
and he um, follows me and starts saying all of these things about me, what I'm doing, and I'm not willing to help children, things of this sort. I'm just saying, back up, go away, have a good day. And so he, I go down the road and I turn around and come back up and he keeps following me back. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking at this point, how long is this man going to follow me? <laughs> like, what's the game plan here? Am I going to have to go all the way back to my car with this on the other side of the French Quarter with this man following me? Uh, so he follows me for a little bit and then he, and then I finally take a turn, go back towards the French Quarter. And you guys can't really tell from the vi- the video of me breaking down the whole thing that I was going back into the French Quarter at that point, going back through an alleyway. But then the, the interaction ends. So one thing that I did, I want to touch on this. One thing that I did not mention in the, the video, and I, I'm not going to mention in the photo walk, I'm sorry, the breakdown video, I'm not going to mention in the photo walk, is that there was a moment in this where I was going to turn, you guys may remember, he asked me at one point to turn my camera off in this interaction before everything went crazy. I told him no. There was a moment when I was going to take his photo, and this shows you how I did not perceive that he was going to be threatening to me. There was a moment where I was, the, the words were coming out of my mouth, I will turn my camera off so that I can take a photo of you. Now, what I learned from this interaction is that I, that, you need, you need to be very, very, very sure about somebody before you do that because it was seconds later. No, it was, it was I mean, as I'm saying that, he's, he's, his marble bag is rupturing. He's coming over to me, and I'm immediately happy that I left my camera on. But I was going to turn it off so that I could get a photo of him because I really thought he was interesting. So um, I think we can learn a lot from that, but let's move into some comments. These are just some comments that were left underneath the breakdown video, and I think you guys had a lot of great things to say, and I'm, I want to share some of the thoughts that you guys had. Okay, first off, <clears throat> altered tech. Take karate lessons and lift weights. Always be prepared. <laughs> and this is, um, I think this is really, I mean, it's, it's kind of a humorous comment, but it is, and I, I mean, Alter Tech, you may have meant it absolutely seriously, and I, I get the sense that you probably did, but it is kind of humorous to me. But um, I replied back and said, never bad advice to learn martial arts and get jacked. <laughs> because that's absolutely right. I mean, you you do want to be able to defend yourself on the street. Uh, Our Gloves Books said, oh my. And I, So, well said, well said. And then if uh, we go to... Uh, Rayshon Ward's comment, he said, James, I'm from the hood from California. That man was hella high. Don't worry about that. Don't think don't think too much of it. Just sorry, the uh, the words are a little small for me. I should zoom in. There we go. There we go. Okay. Um, blah, 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 blah. James, I'm from the hood. I'm from California. That man was hella high. Don't worry about that. Don't think too much of it. Just keep putting out great videos. Man, you did good. So what's interesting about that comment is, and, and a lot of people said, mentioned that this guy was probably on drugs. It's so funny because I did not, I run into people on the street that are clearly on something all the time. And I'm used to it. But for whatever reason, in that moment, and even after, until I started reading these comments, I really didn't, 
consider that the man was on drugs. And the reason why is because he, the way he was acting was so normal at first. Um, he was, you know, he's being a little silly, but, but he seemed, he didn't seem like he was just in another dimension. Right. And then he snapped. So I didn't, I didn't perceive it that way. But with that said, I mean, you guys are probably right. He, he may have been on something. If we go to bicyclist Ken, Ken, the bicyclist, good branding, James, you handled it perfectly. He was trying to hustle some money from you. When you said, I have nothing for you, he walked, uh, he walked away. But your second request for a photo may have came off as an expectation to get something from him for nothing. And this is starting to get into what I, where I was saying that the, the, the pivotal moment in the conversation occurred when he was, when I was asking him for a photo and he was responding because that was the thing that set him off, obviously, uh, I think that, that that there may be a lot to that thought process, that there was an expectation that I was going to get something from him when I didn't give him what he wanted from me, right? Now, I think that if he can ask me for money that I don't owe him, I, I can ask him for a photo. I think that's absolutely fair. I don't owe him anything for a photo. The question is, I can't give you money, <clears throat> Um, but can you do this for me? And unless it's a transaction, unless there's a transaction that's occurring there, then I don't think there's an issue with that asking, right? Um, and if the person says no, totally fine. It's not like I'm trying to push the issue. I'm just asking the question. I don't think anybody should be offended by that. So then we move into some, some, comments that really touch on that issue. First off, hold on, let me let me let me get these other comments out of the way first and then we'll really go into that issue. Okay, somebody said, Steve D said, this is a long one. Wow, you bumped into some dynamite there, buddy. <laughs> you did just right. You made your position clear and made an exit. I would have done the same without doubt. When you have your first few moments of interact. Wait, hold on. When you have your first few moments of interaction with someone, your natural tendency is to presume that they are just like you, balanced, sober, harmless. It's not always the case. In this case, my guess, the guy. Uh, in this case, my guess is that you guys need to work on your punctuation. <laughs> in this case, my guess is the guy was high as a kite on some weed drug, weir- a weird drug that made him believe he was in some sort of gangster rap video. His mind was flipping all over the place, but what he really what he really wanted was to dance and sing for you, albeit in a strange, provocative, scary way. All an act, driven by drugs most likely. No harm done, everyone lived, and an interesting video captured. Just don't attempt to make a part two. All the best, stay safe, Steve. Thank you, Steve, for that comment. Um, lots of good thoughts in there. And I think there's, there's, there's a lot of truth in that. Photo Morty said, yeah, that was indeed a bizarre encounter. It's almost like GTA in real life where, where some weird NPC comes to you. I do think you handled that very well. At first being very open about what you do, giving him a compliment that you found him interesting 
Uh, I don't know. It could work both ways. It could calm him down, but maybe in this case, it could also work as a trigger because he might assume you find him interesting for the wrong reasons, like he might be a drug addict, homeless, drug addict, comma, homeless, maybe he thinks. I think there's more of that comment, but as I saved the screenshot, I just realized I didn't add, add the whole, I didn't drop it down so that you can see the whole thing. So I apologize. Sorry, Photo Morty. Good comment so far. I think that was, there was more to that sentence. Maybe he thinks, we'll never know. You have to go to my video and watch it <laughs> to see. Okay, so now we're going to get into this issue of the pivotal moment. This was the most disagreeing comment that I received so far. I haven't looked. Uh, in a little while, but so far, this is the most disagreeing. When he said no, this is Douglas Riddle. When he said no, you should have just walked on. Stopping to engage with him, you set up that situation that followed. Thankfully, he wasn't that aggressive. So when I read this, I go, um, first, I'm confused because I think when he said no, he never, the only time he said no was when he was, when he was yelling at me. So what does he mean by when he said no? So I broke that down, and I think what he means is when the guy said, and he, he kind of clarifies in later comments, when the guy said no to, or when the guy said, I don't want to be on camera. <clears throat> I think that was the no. So I'll just read my reply. Interesting, because there's a lot. I love getting these comments because it allows me to, to think through my position, figure out where I'm wrong, figure out where I'm wrong, and Writing helps me teach you guys better, helps me um, have a better understanding of whatever issue we're dealing with. Writing is how I, I personally clarify my thoughts, and I think that works in different ways for everybody. Uh, but to some degree, I think writing is a very useful tool for anyone. <clears throat> Interesting perspective. Even though he said he didn't want to be on camera at the beginning, it wasn't obvious to me that he wouldn't be okay with me taking his photo if I asked again. In other words, I didn't get a clear no from him on the issue of having his photo taken until his switch flipped. At that point, I was trying to end the conversation, especially considering I noticed a place where I should have used punctuation. I'm so sorry, guys. I shouldn't have been so harsh. Especially considering he seemed quite interested in the fact <clears throat> that I was a street photographer and that he began a conversation with me. He had his goal and I had mine. Considering he was asking for money from, sorry, this is reading practice with James. Considering he was asking for money from me, he shouldn't be offended that I asked for a photo from him unless we're engaging in some sort of transaction. While I played a role in the situation, I don't think I set up the situation, set up using the word that he used in his comment. I don't think I set up the situation. Thanks for the comment. Cheers. He replied and said, okay, but he said, uh, he, he's quoting me now. He said he didn't want to be on camera at the beginning, which would indicate no. When you ask, when you ask, there's only one answer that counts. Dot, 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 Lots of dots. Lots of dots. Very serious. Yes. Oh, sorry, Siri. <laughs> okay. If they do not say the word yes, then it's a no. I said, I agree. I do, not, I do not have permission from the person until they say yes. Now, when I say permission, I don't mean I don't have legal permission to take a photo of this person. I mean, I don't have permission in that conversation from them. However, considering we, are, we were having a, conver a friendly conversation and I saw no, no indication that he was going to become aggressive, I thought 
it would be reasonable to nudge him a bit more for a clear answer after we had spoken for a bit. I don't believe he had any reason to be offended by this and become aggressive. And I, I do think this is a good strategy, nudge, nudging the person after you have a conversation with them. I don't think that there's anything impolite about that. I think that after having a conversation, many times people will kind of loosen up a little bit. And so you can come back around to the issue and go, hey, so would you be okay with a photo? Um, I, I think you can do that in a way that is uh, incorrect. I think you can make it seem like your, you know, your entire goal in the conversation was only to get them to give you a photo of them and come at it with selfish motives. But, um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with asking again. And his response, once again, I do not believe was warranted. So let me move over to another comment that also deals with this issue and maybe answer some questions that this previous comment doesn't. I could ask for a wish, says, I hope you get your wish. I don't know what wish you want, but I hope you can get it and let me know and I'll, maybe I can help you get the wish. I'm a street photographer too, and don't get me wrong, some people might think that your way of being in the street is offensive. <clears throat> Nowadays, even being silent might be offensive. In my opinion, you should have turned your back and keep go and keep doing your life when he first oops, when he first went off instead of asking for his portrait. Now when I first read went off, I'm thinking when he got aggressive, because that to me is like what went off, like he went off on me, right? So I was thinking, okay, went off. And I thought about it a little bit more. And I think what what you mean here is that looks like a he. I apologize if I'm incorrect. It looks like a he in the photo. Um, what you mean here, I could ask for a wish, is when he left me, when he walked away from me. So he goes on and says, <clears throat> you were not correct. You were not incorrect, but not everyone uh, have your good vibe. I'm a candid photographer. I never ever keep any kind of contact with people. Am I correct? And you wrong? No, but I just don't want to know or speak with my subject. <clears throat> keep up, uh, keep your good work and don't be let down by this unlucky event. Thank you for the very kind comment. I could ask for a wish. Once again, I hope you get your wish. Um, <clears throat> so, so I think that, that that comment made me think more than any of the other comments because it really touched on the idea of if I was incorrect to ask for a photo from this fellow again. So this, this was the comment that I left. I'm, I'm going to use my written word because I think I can articulate it much better through the written word than I can through the word word. I appreciate your thoughts here and I appreciate the nuance of thought. I agree that anything is offensive these days. I'm I'm happy to be offensive if kindly asking a question a few times is offensive. <clears throat> I definitely consider that it may have been better to let him go as soon as he walked off instead of asking for a photo, which is what which is what it seems like you're saying. However, other than saying he didn't want to be on camera at the beginning and hiding from my GoPro, he never clearly answered my question about a photo and seemed interested in me being a street photographer. That led me to believe that he may be open to the possibility if I were to gently nudge him. Also, I have no indication that he was going to act aggressively before he did. And that's an important thing, right? I, I Normal people would say no. <laughs> they would just say no, and that would be the end of the interaction. Now, they may be offended by me asking them for a photo again, but they would just say no. Uh, this guy acting aggressively... Um, 
and I'm, I'm happy once again to engage with you guys about this, this thought, him acting aggressively, he, he had no grounds to act aggressively against me here. I, uh, we can argue about if I should have asked him one more time to take his photo or not. But if we're saying that because the way he acted, I should not have asked him, that means we're analyzing this interaction in reverse. Meaning, meaning, basically, if I would have known he would have acted aggressively, that could have changed things, right? But I had no indication that he would have. Where's the rest of my comment? Let's see here. Uh, <clears throat> apologize, please hold. The long comment. Good conversation. I think I was near the end. Okay, yeah, I was near the end. It seems fair to me that if he is able to ask me for money and get a clear answer, then I'm able to ask him for a photo and get a clear answer. Either way, that response was not a fair one from him, which I think you agree with. Thanks for the comment. Cheers. <clears throat> so yes, I, I, think, I think one of the key issues here is, is would he... Hmm. Would it be bad if somebody's asking you for money to ask them for a photo without giving them money? And I think a lot of people would say that yeah, yes, right? That you're taking you may be taking advantage of them or it's an ill taste. I, I don't think that's true. I think that this person, they have their goal of trying to get some money from me, which once again, just being completely honest, I do not owe them that money. Uh, I have not engaged in a business transaction with them, which would mean that I owe them that money. I we did not we did not have a conversation where I say I will take a photo of you for money. He's asking me for something, and I'm asking him for something. And I think both questions. I don't think it's wrong for bo for both of those questions to be asked. I don't think it should be assumed that I'm trying to take advantage of the person if I'm taking a photo of them without giving them what they want. <clears throat> so this is a good place to wrap up. Uh, I think, I don't think we're at the end of discussing this interaction. I think there's a lot there, but I think we touched on a lot of good things. And I think we've made a lot of good progress. Uh, these are complicated topics and I think they're good to talk about because we worry about getting in these interactions on the street. What I can say is in that moment, the way I responded was built on my value systems and and I wasn't going I wasn't going into this level of detailed thought in the middle of the moment, right? I was I was responding in a way that was attempting to be fair to me and him. And so if we take all of this and we boil it down in a way that our brains will understand very quickly if we're, if we're in the moment in a situation that's so quick as that boil it down to be fair to you and be fair to the other person. Accomplish whatever goal you're trying to go after, assuming that goal isn't to take advantage of the person, to, to be selfish, and evaluate that. Is your, is your goal selfish? If you're on the street and you're trying to take a photo of somebody, is your goal selfish? I would say my goal is not selfish because when I say I'm interested in some, somebody, I'm not saying I'm interested in exploiting you. I'm not saying I'm interested in taking something away from you and... Um, and you being used by me. I'm not interested in that. I want to have, I, I care about the person. I care about the conversation with the person. 
and I care about creating uh, creating a photo of that person and their humanity. And if I think they're interesting, I mean that in the best way possible. I mean, I, I literally think the person is very, very interesting. And I think that the that most times I can get a photo out of that that will hopefully make people think, you know, make people connect with this person that they may never see in real life. So I say always be vig- vigilant when you're on the street because I'm, I'm learning that the more and more <laughs> as I'm on the street, while these things are very rare, they can happen. And when they do happen, you, you do want to be prepared for it. Luckily, this did not become sort of some sort of physical situation. I, I doubt that he was willing to go there unless I pushed him there, which I mentioned in the video. Um, so I don't think he was trying to go there at that moment. I think he was just trying to be silly. But be be vigilant, be prepared for this. Uh, ha, no, you know, have a game plan for what you what's going to happen on your end, because all you can do is pay attention to your end, right? Have a game plan for what you're going to do if this happens to you, or something like this happens to you. Because in reality, this is probably this is probably not going to happen to you. But some other strange experience that you can't come up with in your head beforehand will will potentially happen to you, and uh, you need a good set of guidelines for yourself going into it that are kind of baked into you and ready to activate whenever, you know, whenever things start happening so that you can be confident and so that you can, you can deal with that situation in a way that is, um, like I said, fair to everybody. Uh, so be vigilant, keep a clear head. Uh, I think that'll be a good spot to wrap this one up. I would, Love to know what topics you guys would like me to cover on this podcast. If you listen this far, I really appreciate it. Uh, you, you guys are fantastic. You guys are very kind, and it's amazing that you guys will listen to anything I talk about. <laughs> appreciate you guys. You guys have th- great thoughts. Love the conversations I have. Keep them coming. That'll be it for this one. I'll um, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a fantastic day. Love you guys. Goodbye.